But like leprechauns, bogarts, selkie, merfolk, it's like fucking mermaids, um, pixies, sprites, pukas, whites, etc., etc. All of them are fairies. Everything is fairies. <laughs> <laughs> like it's basically just like enchanted, otherworldly, has magical pa- powers in it's Celtic fairy. folklore. You're a fairy. That's what you are. <laughs> I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And this is Spooky Science Sisters. Hello, you're listening to Spooky Science Sisters, a podcast where we present to you a science-based and probably very giggly discussion on all things strange and unusual. Uh, If you're wondering why Paige sounds insane, it's because her mic doesn't work and we are recording anyway. So, thank you. This is our opportunity to shout out to our patrons on Patreon. You know what? I'm going to pull up that list right now. (laughs) (laughs) Because, A, we owe people a shout out. uh, But, B, it's going to allow us to buy Paige a microphone that works. You know, the sweet mic got me through a good couple couple of years here. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you've had it for uh probably two and a half years or something. So yeah. that's pretty good. Okay, we have apparently awesome FOMAS, and sometimes I like usernames, it doesn't give me their real name. Uh Holly, Casey, Mark, Chris, Cassandra, Chuck, I like rocks like a lot. Tibby, Tanner, and Alex. Thank you guys so much. You just bought Paige a new microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay. So tonight's episode is inspired by the fact that I have been reading a probably unhealthy amount of books with sexy fairies or fae in them. <laughs> So, we are going to dive into fairy folklore, which I would say is like pretty much decidedly not sexy. (laughs) (laughs) But first, we will do something spooky. So, Paige, what would you say is something spooky that has happened to you recently? You know, it's been a long time since we've recorded. We're doing so good at podcasting. Like, maybe it's, it's maybe been since like, March? Uh, I hope that's not true, but I think it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a little spooky that I'm going to pretend that I have any idea what I'm doing after like four months of not doing this. But um, three months, two three and months. a half months. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that's a little spooky. But the other spooky yeah. thing that just happened not five minutes ago was us trying to get set up for this episode. (laughs) Yes. And trying to troubleshoot Paige's mic not working. So again, thank you to our patrons. And so glad we are recording an episode so that we can give you your thank you shout out. In all honesty, like the last couple of months have just been like super busy. And I don't even know. 
I don't even know like what's been going on. You were finishing up your semester. I got busy slash sick slash whatever. It's just been a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it has. So yeah. <laughs> that's those are my many spooky somethings. What about you, Megan? <laughs> uh, I don't really have anything other than yeah, it's been like a journey to get here. Um, <laughs> some of it just like mental blocks to get over probably, but I like very much want an excuse to name this episode, Harry Carey's Scary Fairies. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just made it happen. I know. <laughs> That's why I had to bring it up. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It came, it just, I don't know even how it popped into my head. But I threatened Paige that I would do the whole episode like Will Ferrell pretending to be Harry Carey. <laughs> I don't even remember. I can't remember what he says in that skit. It's like, I thought the moon was made of cheese. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll just say, holy cow, a lot. Uh, and pretend that we're Harry Carey. So, yes, Harry Carey, scary fairy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so yeah, we're going to jump into fairy folklore, and I'm excited about this one. This should be fun. (laughs) Well, with that, I guess it's time to talk about origins of fairy folklore. What do you say? I think it's time. (laughs) Okay, so fairies were found in folklore from multiple European cultures, including Celtic, Slavic, Germanic, English, and French most often associated with Celtic or Irish and Scottish folklore, because that's where the beliefs have probably persisted the most. Yes. Like, I think there's probably people who, like, a lot of people who still believe in fairies there. Uh, What do you mean, just there? Well, not just there, but I mean, like, (laughs) in particular there, you dingus. (laughs) You dingus. (laughs) So we'll focus on the Celtic and Western European fairies today, but it is definitely worth noting just how many cultures have stories of creatures we might consider fairies worldwide, and that Celtic and Western European fairy myths likely have international roots as well. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) the word fairy first appears in writing in English around the year 1330, so like just a couple years ago. and. In this case, it's used to refer either to magic or enchantment in the broad sense or a magical enchanted land. It's about 40 years later that you start to see it used to refer to magical beings called fairies. Yeah. Uh, And that word is derived from the old French word fairy, where the root fay is from the Latin word. It's either fada or fada. I don't know. Uh, It's probably fada. Uh, But that just means the fates. Uh, So there's kind of this whole like destiny, magical, enchanted, you know, thing tying through the whole etymology of it. Fay in Old French and today Fay in Modern French or Fay, F-A-Y in English can also be used to refer to an individual fairy. And you have fairy spelled F-A-I-R-I-E, fairy spelled (laughs) F-A-E-R-I-E. And various spellings of fae, which can be used interchangeably. And that's sort of what I learned. I thought maybe like, because in some of the books that I've read, it's like sort of like fairy and fae, and like they sort of divide them into like their different things. But it's like, no, 
it's all the same thing. And also everything is fairies. <laughs> yeah, I definitely didn't realize that they were the same either. And I was trying to think back, isn't um, Sookie in True Blood? She's a fairy. She's a fairy, right? Yeah. But they call her Faye. Yes, maybe. And I like definitely thought for a long time, yeah, that like Faye, I don't know, I guess just that they were different. So I'm yeah. with you there. To be fair, like probably the pop culture, like recent pop culture that has like the most accurate depiction of fairies based on folklore are the ones from the magicians. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say True Blood. No. (laughs) 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 Nothing about True Blood is ever accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, importantly, in folklore, calling something a fairy could refer to a wide variety of otherworldly magical beings. It was sort of a catch-all term, like Megan said already, fairies, everything is fairies. Fairies (laughs) is everything. So, (laughs) we'll talk about some specifics as we go on. Some of them really surprised us. The take-home is that the way we typically think of fairies today as small, beautiful humanoid creatures with butterfly or insect wings is a very narrow way to think of them compared to the wide range of folklore figures that could be considered fairies and didn't really even become a thing until the Victorians got a hold of them. Fairies had a wide range of magical powers and are often thought to live in a realm that was parallel to ours or some hidden magical place. They could have monstrous or beautiful features, be human-sized, down to ant-sized, Some could shapeshift into animals or make themselves appear human. They could be benevolent, mischievous, or downright evil. I always want to say mischievous, but that is like definitely not how the word is spelled. I like I think it's mischievous. But can't don't people also say mischievous? I think so, and I said mischievous for a really long time until uh It was an episode in Big Brother that (laughs) changed the way I said it. Of course it was. (laughs) It's a very long story, but anyways. Okay. (laughs) It's... Uh, but I think either, well, no, it's not really spelled mischievous, but I think either way works. All right. I was just wondering. That was just, that was just a side note. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone just look at how that word is spelled and then think about how you'd say it. Cause my brain wants to go mischievous, but like it is not (laughs) mischievous. It's mischievous. (laughs) Um, So, fairies also had a wide variety of names, especially in Celtic lore, because it was considered unlucky to speak of them directly. Many of these euphemisms were flattering in order to appease or not offend them, like the good people, the gentry, (laughs) the little people, the people of the hills, we folk, fairy folk, and the neighbors. Yep. I like the neighbors. I do too. That's what I want people to call me. (laughs) Don't worry about that. That's just the neighbors. (laughs) Did your baby disappear? Just the neighbors. Just the neighbors. (laughs) Ah, man. Yeah. So because fairy is a catch-all term for a lot of magical creatures, There is no, like, single origin story for them. And 
also like we're talking about a lot of different cultures, but there are sort of a few general ideas if we're talking about Celtic and Western European fairies that we can talk about. So Celtic meaning Irish and Scottish fairies are referred to as she or fari. And these are like not spelled at all how they're pronounced. <laughs> I did some very careful like looking up the pronunciation to figure this out. Um, but she or fari. Fari was probably derived from the Persian word Piri, and Piri are one of the earliest known examples of what we would think of as fairies, and the stories may have been brought to the Celts because crusaders heard about them when fighting in places like Palestine and the Middle East, hmm. which is pretty cool that yeah. they like brought that folklore over, although arguably not super cool for the people living in Palestine and the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yikes. Uh, yikes to the Crusades. Um, often there is a connection to nature, which could potentially be influenced by nymphs or dryads in Greek mythology. We might also see a connection with the Greek underworld in that there's this idea that you can't eat food in the underworld or Hades realm, or you'll be forced to stay forever. And that's one of the really common myths about fairies as well. If you like enter the fairy realm and you eat their food, then they might keep you there forever. There is also this idea of fairies as sort of like elementals or forces of nature or beings that have powers over a particular force of nature that's really common. As you might expect, Scandinavian, Norse, and Germanic folklore of elves and gnomes and dwarves and trolls played a role in the origins of fairy folklore and are sometimes just included as types of fairies, which sort of blew my mind. Some think that the Norse connection is sort of the most direct folklore line, especially for fairy folklore of the British Isles, um, and I guess specifically meaning like England and Scotland. One of the other origins is that there are sort of like Christianized origins uh, of fairies. So in some cases, they're like former or demoted pagan deities. Uh, a lot of folklore revolves around them being fallen angels that are either like not trapped in hell. So they're sort of like trapped between hell and heaven. So they're hanging out on earth. Or like they're not bad enough for hell, but they're not good enough for heaven. So they get to hang out with us on earth, which is like sort of rude. Lucky them. <laughs> <laughs> Who has the worst deal? Uh, or that they are just like straight up demons. And fairies like get tied into sort of some of the witch trials, like women conspiring or talking to fairies is like a whole thing with witch trials as well. Cause like, of course it is. <laughs> uh, another common thing is that some folklore depicts fairies as a separate race of beings that were driven into hiding or like I guess in some cases sort of just like preferred to live that way. But yeah, sort of this idea that they're like living like parallel to us, but they are hidden or they're like an earlier civilization, an earlier race of humans that like 
had to go into hiding or even died out. But I think this is sort of like an interesting tie-in to archaeology because this may have been, or I guess was, a way that uh, people in, I guess, Ireland in particular were explaining artifacts they found from earlier civilizations that lived on the land. Like, rather than thinking like, oh, these were just like other people, they used them as like evidence that fairies once populated the land and like this is what they left behind or like this was evidence that the fairies were still there and like living parallel to them i like sort of love that i know (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) so there are a few examples of this there are things called elf or fairy darts or shots or bolts. Um, But these are like Stone Age arrowheads, um, but they could also include like fossils or unusual pebbles that people found um, that, yeah, they considered like having come from the fairies. Um, Some people suggest that this is like where the idea that fairies uh, are averse to iron came from like they were finding these stone tools that they thought the fairies used they're like oh well, they just like must not be able to use iron or they don't like iron some have even suggested that it's related to cultural memories of invaders who would have brought iron weapons with them that were like stronger than the bronze age weapons that were in use um, but i guess that's sort of like an older idea and there's no way to like substantiate that or people kind of write it off like I thought it was kind of cool but I guess it's like it's not cool to folklore and archaeology people (laughs) I don't know why I don't know I thought it was cool (laughs) you know it's funny because like that kind of idea like popped into my head and then uh, and then yeah and then a few sources were like oh that's a very outdated thing to think and or like there's no way to prove it so like it's it's not cool and I was like okay well I don't really know why so if someone can explain that better to me great <laughs> uh other uh evidence i guess of former civilizations of people that they attributed to fairies were things like fairy mounds or fairy forts which are sort of like these ring shaped structures that you can see that are like now sort of like grass covered or there's like just like a little bit of the stone wall left over what these actually are are evidence of circular shaped early medieval settlements called ring forts and in ireland there are about forty-five thousand of these structures remaining and there are a ton of stories of people disturbing them or entering them and like having bad luck or bad fortune something bad happened to them after which like are clearly just coincidence but like there's a strong superstition about it that like you don't mess with them because they belong to the fairies they are like entrances to where the fairies live so we don't fuck with them (laughs) so the fairies don't fuck with us um but farmers wouldn't destroy them and or wouldn't destroy them to make room for their crops. Roads were built around them. And that's like up until very recent times. And this superstition is like probably the real reason that so many of them have been preserved. Yeah. And like, it doesn't really have anything to do with the fact that they were preserved by like the National Monuments Act of 1930. So... I think that's really cool too. There are also standing stones or stone circles. And I know that my fellow Outlander girlies know what's up with those. (laughs) 
that people have attributed to fairies. Like basically all the circular things, people are like, that is definitely fairies. <laughs> <laughs> they could also just be natural things that people misunderstood. So fairy rings are like rings of mushrooms that show up. And that's just like misunderstanding that the main body of the mushroom fungus is under the ground and spreading outwards. And if it's able to spread unimpeded, it's going to create a circular shape. And then like, especially when it's damp weather, send up mushrooms in a ring at the surface. And like, so, you know, mushrooms can pop up like overnight. So people are like, oh, well, that's a fairy ring. Like the fairies were just here last night. In Ireland specifically, they speak of the Tua de Danon, again, not spelled at all how it sounds, (laughs) which are supposed to have been an early Irish race that were at least partly divine. Uh, They were eventually driven underground by invaders, and like they're the ones who are supposed to have lived like in these fairy forts and lived underground and like certain people could do things to like gain access to their realm in some versions of fairy folklore the fairies are actually spirits of the dead like of prior civilizations who who lived in ireland but this is like very much i guess enforced by their association of like the relics of like bygone civilizations being evidence that fairies once lived there. So that's sort of like, they're not parallel, but they used to live there. And like now the fairies are the spirits of the people who used to live Uh, there. Okay. Yeah. So in this case, like also ghosts are fairies. (laughs) Right. So, so far everything is fairies. Everything is fairies. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I know that was a lot like just, just sort of like sped through, but I think, I just think this idea that like people using evidence of past civilizations, like, and treating that as if they were evidence of fairies, like living alongside them in some heaven, in some hidden realm, or like evidence that there used to be fairies living on the land is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Importantly, everything is fairies, but also fairies are not nice. <laughs> like we mentioned, <laughs> they're not like the little beautiful, cute, like tiny people with butterfly wings that flit around and like have little magical powers. They're not little Tinkerbells. No, no, they are not little Tinkerbells. Like they are generally dicks which (laughs) i guess like i shouldn't say because the fairies will like take their revenge on me (laughs) (laughs) so sorry guys but you know you guys are kind of assholes a lot of the time (laughs) yeah little do you know (laughs) these notes are the reason that my microphone is not working (gasps) the fairies cursed the fairies did it it's probably true well, there you have it. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing about uh, fairy folklore, I guess, diving into it. So we've talked about origins. We've talked about where a lot of the folklore comes from and how varied it is. Now we can talk about, you know, who who the fairies are, some examples, and also just like some of the stuff that you can do to protect yourself from them. (laughs) So in general, 
stories about fairies and the things that they do and the way that they interact with people is a convenient way to explain away bad things happening to people. This is like a theme with a lot of the topics we discuss. That's accurate. On the show. Yeah, like pretty much like as humans, we just want somebody to blame. Yeah. <laughs> Not us. Like, please let me externalize the bad things that have happened. It is not my fault. It is somebody else's fault. <laughs> and surprise, everything we've talked about on this show so far, they're all fairies. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, uh, they also use fairies to explain, like, good luck that they had had, too. So, you know, they're giving them some, some credit yeah. for good things, too. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So, I'm going to talk about, like, a few examples here. So, one of the most famous ones that I think most people know are associated with family, with families, with fairies <laughs> is this, I mean, they are associated with families too, but um, is this idea of changelings. So these are stories of fairies stealing away children. Um, or there are a lot of stories where they steal away women as well. And sometimes it would be like the person, like when the fairies stole them, they would just like disappear for some time, uh, but other times they would be replaced by a fairy, essentially like in disguise, like in disguise as the person that they that the fairies took. Mm -hmm. And this fairy in disguise was called a changeling. So the changeling would be perceived as strange or different in some way. And in the case of infants, they were often sickly. And here's the thing that like I've, you know, suspected for a long time and verified by looking into changeling stories. This is like pretty much a way to explain infant mortality uh or infants that were born with well, infants or people that were born with physical or mental disabilities like down syndrome or cerebral palsy, or I think in particular, a lot of people think stories about kids with autism uh, were probably like, you know, more severe forms of autism were featured in changeling myths, which is like very sad. <laughs> um, I shouldn't laugh. I laugh because it's very sad. And I can't I gotta laugh through the pain. I also saw several references to stories about new mothers that were stolen away. And when they were stolen away, like if they returned, they like talked about helping to nurse a fairy child in the fairy realms. So they were like stolen to take care of a fairy kid, basically. And I'm like pretty sure that that was just a way to explain postpartum depression. Like mom was really weird for a while after the baby was oh. born. And yeah, like was not herself. And I was like, that sounds very familiar, <laughs> you know? Dude, I all I can think about right when I read through these the first time, the notes the first time, is that fairy game that Alice plays, and she's always talking about the changelings. What? You don't remember? We were we were in the car, and she was like, "Oh yeah, this is the changeling," and she was talking about what they do. I don't know. They're like friendly, like they're. It's like it's not the same, but they still it's call them the changelings. <laughs> I do not remember her talking about changelings in her game. You don't. I do because it was like, 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a really weird thing to include. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty funny. The, yeah, my daughter is very into fairies, but like in the like, you know, they look like little butterfly ladies hang out with animals in the forest and get crystals and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or unicorn fairies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what game it was, but like they were nice. They were not. It was not like sad, awesome. scary. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> great. <laughs> I'll have to figure that out later. <laughs> anyway, so like folklore changelings are sort of fucked up. And yeah, not great. The one one of the ones that really surprised me was that banshees are fairies. Yeah. Like, I had no idea at all. So, the word banshee is derived from, and I'm not sure if it's pronounced bian, she, or, it's like two separate words, because she is the word for fairy um, in Irish or Scottish, but it's banshee or it's banshee, but it's like two two separate words. And it means fairy woman or woman of the fairy mound. Like, they're fucking fairies. Yeah, I had... <laughs> until you told me the other day, I, today maybe I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. So, like, fairies can be, like, very scary. <laughs> Harry carries. Very scary Harry fairies. Carries. <laughs> 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 if you're unfamiliar with the banshee, she is, I guess, sometimes like a young woman, sometimes an elderly woman. Uh, but yeah, like stands, I guess, near fairy mounds. And if you hear her screaming or her wailing, it signals the coming death of a family member. A lot of people think that it's probably related to the tradition of having what was called a keener at medieval funerals, especially in Ireland. And this was a woman who sang mournful or wailing songs. And you've probably like heard the term keening to like sort of describe that mm -hmm. before. Um, and I guess it's sort of like hard to say which came first, like the keening tradition or stories about banshees, um, like which one inspired the other, basically, probably the funeral practice, but I don't know. Uh, and then some people, of course, think that banshee calls may have just been like misidentification of the calls of things like barn owls or foxes that just coincidentally occurred before a death in your family. But if you are in Ireland in, I don't know, the 12th, 13th, 14th century, and you hear some weird shit out in the fields, like it's a fairy. That's yeah. just. That's just what it was. <laughs> I mean, even still, if I hear weird shit in the woods, like, <laughs> I'm not saying fairy is the first place my mind goes. I'm just saying that it's not, I've not totally ruled it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, honestly, it sounds like a pretty convenient system of belief. Like, yeah. you know what? Everything is fairies from now on. Like, some right. weird shit happens in my life. It was fairies. The fairies. <laughs> Ah, good lord. Okay, um, one of the sort of cute ones, although I guess like they're also sort of dicks sometimes as well. <laughs> <laughs> but brownies are 
helpful fairies or hobgoblins, which don't worry because hobgoblins are also fairies, that would clean your house for you at night. But importantly, they were like very easily offended and you still had to leave some sort of offering for them, like a bowl of milk or cream. So that's cute. But like, yeah, like they're they're basically like house elves. Like think like Harry Potter has house elves. That's pretty much brownies. Yeah, but somehow that's the Harry Potter house elf. It seems a little sadder. It does. Yeah. Cause they're like the, the brownies definitely like have more agency. Like they yeah. will like, yeah. Cause brownies can, uh, if they get pissed at you, apparently they can like turn into like some sort of like poltergeist bog art situation. Yeah. So yeah. So like they definitely have more agency than the Harry Potter house elves. Very um, cool. So good for the brownies. And I guess despite the folklore that brownies are almost like always little men it is also where the term brownies and girl scouts come from because they're supposed to be like helpful little kids helping out mom in the kitchen which i think is so which is really cute but also like a big surprise yeah because i was was a brownie brownie. yeah you too (laughs) yeah (laughs) little did i know that i was like named after a little Celtic folklore weirdo who helped clean people's houses. <laughs> well, yeah. Little did you know, everything is fairies. Everything is fairies, like including the origin of Girl Scout brownies. <laughs> but I also like that's such a weird. So here's what I was thinking about while I was driving home today about this like idea of brownies. Like, where did that come from? Like, were people waking up? And their house was just magically sort of I had, clean. So I was going to ask you that. <laughs> right. Because, like, for someone to believe that brownies existed, they had to have been waking up. Maybe it was, well, it was like that commercial <laughs> where uh, there was, like, a man who would, like, leave his, like, uh, dishes on the counter and then when he went to bed his wife would clean him up and then when he woke up the next morning he was like oh my gosh who did yeah. the dishes okay because my mind went to the exact same place I was like <laughs> potentially and like I'm sorry to the men that listen to this podcast but like it just hidden hidden labor whatever is a thing <laughs> the, the the things that you that wives and girlfriends are doing behind the scenes there can be a lot of them in some relationships. So I was like wondering if this was coming from like men who like went to bed and then their wives like stayed up and did a bunch of extra shit around the house before they eventually came to bed. And the men were like, wow, it's magic. Like the brownies came in and cleaned the house. And notice the brownies are also men. I noticed the brownies were also men. Yeah. Or like, or was it like that wives wanted somebody else to blame if they were like, no, I'm not cleaning this fucking house tonight. That also, (laughs) you know what? I'm going to start using that. (laughs) Shoot. We forgot to leave out the milk for our brownie. Oh no, we pissed off the brownies. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but brownies, if you're out there, I will do whatever it takes. I'll leave you whatever shit you want. You can come right. clean my house every night. I will give you a whole gallon of milk every day if that's what you want. 
Oh, Lord. Okay, so my last specific one was Will-O-The-Wisps. Because they're just sort of like, a, they're more of like one of these, I don't know, I guess more like elemental fairy spirits. So they're a little bit different than the ones we've talked about before. So what Will-O-The-Wisps probably actually are, are an example of chemiluminescence from the combination of swamp gases produced by natural decay in marshes and bogs. That chemiluminescence resembles a flickering lantern. Uh, it could also be an example of bioluminescence. But regardless, like people are like walking along the path, like near their local marsh or bog, and they see like a flickering lantern off in the distance. And like maybe they're worried that somebody's like, out lost in the bog or something so they go to check it out and then they get lost and they fall in and they drown or whatever shit happens and they're never seen again so in ireland it was blamed on fairies so thought it was thought in fairy folklore that the willow the wisps were mischievous or I guess, downright malevolent fairies that were luring travelers off their path. Um, although some folklore says that they could lead people to good fortune or like reveal their fate to them. So like, that's the whole thing in like brave, the Pixar uh, movie. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but will the wisps, willow, the wisps, it's hard to say. It is. You can't, you can't. Will, will the whips. Will the whips. <laughs> <laughs> um, are the same thing are like as jack-o'-lanterns. Like the, the terminology, I guess, can be used interchangeably. So there you go. Little Halloween connection. Look at you go. Look at me go. Yes. More generally, Scottish folklore divides fairies into the seely and unseely courts. There are courts of fairies, uh, which is also a thing in like sort of modern fiction about them. They live in like these sort of like court situations. But Seely court fairies had better dispositions towards humans. Unseely court fairies did not like humans at all. But importantly, all of them could still fuck you up. Like they could all be dicks. <laughs> if you didn't give them their milk. <clears throat> Yeah, like from what I gathered, like Sealy Court fairies, like you could offend them and like maybe they'd give you a chance to apologize before they killed you. Like, <laughs> like they wouldn't kill you. They might like accept your apology unless you like really fucked up repeatedly. But like unsealy Court fairies, like no questions asked. You fucked up. Like this is done. Like you are cursed or murdered or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but did you even have to like really fuck up? I mean, who knows? I I don't know. Or like could was it more like a polar bear situation like you existed and so <laughs> <laughs> I think for certain types of fairies it was like you existed and so they were coming for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, so the list of fairies and what's considered fairies just like goes on and on. If you look at the Wikipedia page for fairies at the very bottom of it there's like a list of like attested fairies and then also things that like could be fairies around the world it is a very long list and you can click through all of them and just like 
go all over the world learning about different traditions. But like leprechauns, bogarts, selkie, merfolk, it's like fucking mermaids, um, pixies, sprites, pukas, whites, etc., etc. All of them are fairies. Everything is fairies. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's basically just, like, enchanted, otherworldly, has magical powers in Celtic folklore. You're a fairy. That's what you are. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, those are my my examples of fairies that I... And really, I kind of just picked ones that I thought were were interesting. But mostly I was tickled by the Banshee being a fairy because I would have never guessed that in like a million years. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. Yeah, so now we've talked about some examples of fairies, and we've talked about, I guess, origins of fairies, some examples of fairies. Now Paige is going to tell us how we protect ourselves from the fairies. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, there are just about anything you can use to protect right. yourself. But also there's like a million different types of fairies. So like, right. You kind of have to have a lot of different ways to keep yourself safe. Right. So yes, most of the fairy folklore deals with keeping yourself safe from them or avoiding pissing them off. Uh, Like we mentioned before, in Ireland especially, they avoid speaking of the fairies directly by name at all. But there are other ways to keep yourself safe. So one, in which Megan already touched on a little bit, is iron. And it's known to be some of the very best protection against fairies. Uh, I saw it referred to as the fairy kryptonite. Iron can protect you in any form. So anything from as small as a nail to a sword can be used to protect you. It's said that hanging iron from your door, think lucky horseshoe, will protect the people inside and putting iron in, say, your pocket if you're walking around will keep you from being carried away. If a fairy is cut with iron or steel, their cut will not heal properly, apparently, according to some of the stories anyway. I don't know if you read anything about that, Megan, but nope. <laughs> it just like won't heal all the way. So it's like permanent damage to them. Sweet. So yeah, that's why I guess one of the reasons why I guess it would scare them away. Um, you mentioned people are then being armed with bronze while others maybe were armed with iron. And so they have that fear of iron. Um, I also read that just like natural properties of iron could be causing fairies to lose their magical power. Uh, it sounds like there's a couple different stories or, or beliefs behind why iron would be so useful. Maybe fairies rely on like strong magnetic fields for their magic. And so iron fucks it up. 
Yeah, it could be anything, really. I'm just trying to science it. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the bronze iron. I know, but thing. apparently that's like not. I guess there's just like no way to substantiate it, really. So it's like, I don't know. But I thought it was a cool idea. But yeah. what do I know? I don't know anything about the transition from the Bronze Age to the Iron Age. So what, Samesies. what are you going to do? It sounds good to me, though. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> so bells and chimes are another thing. Uh, if you're looking to protect yourself from fairies that you can use, uh, church bells are said to scare off evil fairies. And so I think the idea there is you're using church bells to bring people to the church. But if, you know, in some cases, fairies are considered like demonic, then it would scare them away from the church. Uh, placing So placing like a deep toned chime that sort of mimics the church bell on your porch can be used as a way to protect your home. Is that where wind chimes come from? It's got to be. Like, do you, is it actually like originally to ward off fairies? So here's the thing. Bells and chimes seem to be listed everywhere as a way to ward them off. Whether or not that's originally where they came from, I don't know. Okay, so apparently wind chimes, the earliest ones came to being and came t- into being in China, were used to maximize the flow of chi, increase life's energy, dissuade bad luck from a house, and attract peaceful spirits. Like, what is a peaceful spirit? It's a fucking fairy. Well, um, and <laughs> you said to uh, dissuade bad luck. Maybe from that's a house? What I, yeah, that's yeah, but I mean, yeah, like, but still, like, it could be like dissuade just, bad spirits or whatever. Right. But like to me, this sounds like the origin story for the, the chimes. Yeah, or I mean, it's at least like very similar, or like other cultures had very similar ideas of sort yeah. of like the using the chimes. But it is interesting that they are also used to ward off fairies. Cool. And then uh, running water, which I thought this one was interesting. So apparently, uh, fairies are unable to cross running streams or rivers, hmm. according to some stories. So running water is another way to protect yourself. However, still bodies of water wouldn't work because fairies aren't afraid of still water. So yeah, I mean, certain types of fairies like literally live in the water. But I also yeah. feel like there are probably like certain types of fairies who live in streams or rivers. So yeah. We don't know. But some fairies, running water is supposed to work. Okay. Um, but, yeah, still bodies, it's a no-go. You're just going to cause some sort of mosquito problem. So don't try <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, and then if you look up, just like if you look up any list uh, to find things that can ward off fairies, you'll see several plants mentioned. Uh, daisies, uh, primroses. There's like a whole list of different plants yeah. that can work. And they Rowan can all. trees were a big thing. Yeah, they can all be used as protection. Something that I found interesting was the four leaf clover. So when some fairies who are able to disappear go invisible and are no longer visible to the naked eye, um, four leaf clovers are said to be used 
So you can get like just a quick glimpse of the invisible fairy. So like using a four leaf clover allows you to get a quick look at a fairy who has disappeared. There you go. So a popular Celtic tradition was to string a lot of four leaf clovers together, either to be like put in a pocket in a bag or to be worn as like a necklace. Uh, And for Every single four-leaf clover you had on, you were supposed to be able to get one glimpse of an invisible fairy. So if you got 25 four-leaf clovers, then you could see the fairy 25 different times. Gotcha. Is like the idea so you can avoid it? Yeah, I believe so. so gotcha. But you know where it's at and you can and get away from it. Because if you don't know where it's at, it could be standing right next to you. Spooky. It's very spooky. Uh, or... If you're like, you know, you've got your iron sword, <laughs> you could watcha and cut the fairy. <laughs> yeah. I also think like, um, and that's like a common thing about folklore is this idea that like the fairy realm is there and like we can't see it, but that like fairies are always there and they're around And they're, like, living in sort of this, like, mystical realm parallel to ours. So, some weird shit. (laughs) Uh, It's cool, though. Yeah. And then the final thing that I was going to talk about is St. John's wort, which is a plant used as alternative medicine. Uh, It's used to treat depression. There's like a whole long list of things that it can be used or has been used to treat. Honestly, like it, I read that the, this is the plant that provides the strongest fairy protection, but I don't know that I'm like totally clear why that is the case. Um, my guess is just that because it's been, it's like used to treat other illnesses that it's sort of like seen it's got like medicinal properties it's seen to be able to like ward off like evil spirits or provide protection from fairy magic and mischief yeah maybe yeah if it like worked medicinally and made people feel better they were like well it clearly has magical properties so like yeah probably will work against these magical beings right that's what i would guess yeah so On top of that, there's like a whole list of other things like food. There's certain food you can use to protect yourself. Uh, I, I don't remember. Like there, there's a ton of things. So if you're ever looking for protection against fairies, don't worry. There are (laughs) plenty of options for you. Yeah. Oh, that was one of the things about brownies will get offended and leave and stop helping you if you offer them clothes. Oh. So, like, very similar to, like, how house elves in Harry Potter, you give them clothes and they're free, brownies, like, will get offended. And I guess that it does have something to do with, like, if you give them clothes, then, like, it has has some suggestion of, like, them belonging to you or, like, some sort of, like, slavery situation. So, they're like, no, fuck that shit. I'm out of here. <laughs> Unlike the house elves from Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds like food. Well, I guess food is more of like a a thing to scare fairies away, though. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I would imagine scaring them away also pisses them off. Right. You you can't win. Right. (laughs) I don't know. Because, like, the brownies, you got to give them certain food for them to stick around. But you can't give them clothes. Some fairies, you got to give them certain food so they don't come around. 
But then there's this whole thing of like, you don't want to piss them off or like get trapped by them. Yeah, right. But you also don't want to be trapped by them and you also don't want them in your house. So then you're trying to ward them off. But then if you do too much, you might piss them off. Yeah. It's very complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So sort of like the older folklore, the traditional, for lack of a better word, folklore about fairies, they're like kind of vindictive. They're easily offended. Some of them are just like downright evil. At the minimum, I would say like most of them are a little bit tricky and mischievous. But they do become less scary over time. And now we have this sort of like modern Tinkerbell version of them (laughs) that we think of when we think of fairies. And again, that's largely thanks to the Victorians, which I would say like ultimately a lot of our things that we talk about. It's like the Victorians like just push it up for everybody. (laughs) I don't know why I would like prefer the more terrifying version of the fairies, but I do. (laughs) So... J.M. Barry publishing Peter Pan and including the character of Tinkerbell is thought to have been a catalyst in making fairies less scary. And of course, Tinkerbell is like not without her own negative qualities because she maintains that mischievous mischievousness. So you think it is mischievousness. I don't know, man. That's a weird word. She maintains that mischievousness. She, you know, is like vindictive. She literally tries to like get Wendy killed. So like that's, you know, not great behavior. But she does lose some of the power of earlier fairies because she has to manipulate other beings to like actually do the killing. She doesn't have the power to do it on her own. So she's sort of like a transition point into fairies being cutesy little butterfly winged dudes at least in like kids shows for the most part that's what fairies are but i think in a lot of like adult content where you see fairies they're still like vindictive little shits they're cute (laughs) (laughs) they're cute but like (laughs) yeah i mean to be fair like yeah the there were like several things in the harry potter universe that like are like oh it turns out they're fairies and like yeah they are dangerous like grindelows they're fairies all fairies <laughs> <laughs> the mermaids are kind of scary they're fairies <laughs> <laughs> yeah and true to be fair some of my like sexy fairy books the fae or whatever beans that because they all i don't know for whatever reason they've decided like it sounds more classy to call them fae rather than just fairies even though they are fairies is yeah like they talk about them having like more like just different behavior from humans like somehow a little bit more wild or like you know scary gotcha all right but we literally call kids books about like enchanted stuff fairy tales that is true <laughs> the fairies are probably pissed about it. <laughs> this could explain a lot. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, everything is fairies. Everything is fairies. Harry scary. Harry scaries. Harry no. Harry carries. Harry carries. Harry carries. Very scary fairies. It's very hard to say. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up our Harry Carey, Very Scary Fairies episode. 
Join us next time with special guests from Beyond the Breakers podcast for an episode on Deepwater Horizon, which like, holy shit, we recorded that so long ago. Oops. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) surprised that that was actually the episode. Yeah, it was like fucking February. (laughs) So yeah, but it's a good episode. So tune in for that. If you liked this episode, hit subscribe and share with a friend. Check the show notes for links to all of our social media accounts, our Discord server, and Patreon. If you have any questions about previous topics or ideas for future episodes, email us at SpookySciencesters at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening and stay spooky. Spooky Science Sisters is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. For more information or to check out other shows, please visit evergreenpodcasts.com. I'm Eliza, and I need you to listen to me. Have you ever felt so much that you don't know where to put it all, and you wonder if anyone would notice if you screamed? Because you want to. Scream for the ones they've hurt, the ones they've taken. Scream for yourself. These are my words, my story from my perspective. Because I know you'll hear other versions. Because I want you to have a chance to believe mine. Or at least hear it. If you're getting this, it's already over. But if one of you listens really listens, it won't be for nothing.